0: Exercise and diet are well established in society as two pillars for optimizing our health. However, both are supported by a foundation that is often forgotten, yet even more integral to our health, namely sleep. The Sleep Recovery Specialist course is an innovative online education experience that provides an in-depth knowledge base, important sleep assessment tools, and a wide range of effective strategies for supporting clients to improve their sleep habits and behaviors. Improve your sense of happiness and well-being, daily energy and alertness, recovery from physical training, reduce risk of obesity and diabetes, and reduce your appetite and sweet cravings. Achieve all of this and more. For further information and to enroll online, please visit www.nordicfitnesseducationblog.com. Welcome back to Sleep for Performance Radio. Today is audio abstract. uh, We have a new paper today in the sports science world. This uh, paper was published in the Journal of Science and Medicine and Sport. And the author today is Kathleen Middles. I think it's Middles or Miles, sorry. Miles, maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong. As always, I butcher everybody's name, including my own. Now, I believe this is Kathleen's first paper in her PhD, as Peter Fowler, one of the co-authors, retweeted this on Twitter. So, well done, Kathleen, and all the best with the rest of your research. Okay, so today's paper is called Sleep Practices Implemented by Team Sport Coaches and Sports Science Support Staff, a Potential Avenue to Improve Athlete Sleep. I always love the lengthy titles of papers. Um, Maybe I'll try and make mine more lengthy anyway (laughs) so as we know sleep is essential for optimal health performance and recovery whilst most athletes coaches and support staff recognize the importance of sleep evidence suggests that high performance athletes can experience habitual impairments of sleep quality and quantity so it's really important um you know, setting this paper up here about the background for athletic sleep, uh, athletes and athletic performance, and around sleep, but also around the coaches and the staffing and what they should know around this area to support them. And we've seen this in, you know, our own research projects. We've seen it in in applications as well um, that a lot of support staff may have inadequate knowledge around this. So as Kathleen says here, despite the need for and benefits of athlete sleep education, information regarding the sleep interventions and recommendations provided by coaches and support staff who have a crucial role in providing behavioral and performance-related advice to athletes is lacking. For example, although there is a call for greater sleep monitoring of athletes, there is no empirical evidence detailing how often it is conducted and by what method. Now this is interesting because in a sleep disorder kind of area or clinical sleep, PSG, polysomnography is the gold standard, is often used to identify sleep disorders. For people in shift work or people having problems over a long period of time, we often use actigraphy, uh, which is a wrist worn device similar to any other sort of wearable out there, such as a Fitbit, Jawbone, Garmin, and so on, to name a few devices. However, when it comes to athletes, many people actually just use self reported measures, which is extremely Interesting in not such a good way. Uh, and recently, also, Dr. Shona Halson, who was on the podcast before and who I've uh, researched with, has written a piece about the, the sort of the lack of standardization around monitoring of sleep um, when it comes to athletes. There's no there's no commonality between papers, or um, in terms of research. There's no commonality between teams. There's no guidance on how or uh, how people should measure sleep or what they should be looking for. So it's interesting here to kind of find out about the background of uh, coaches and support staff and their knowledge around this. So Kathleen's paper here um, was really, you know, to kind of tap into these high performance teams and the coaches and sports science staff that support them to assess sleep hygiene knowledge, sleep monitoring and sleep hygiene practices uh, that they implemented with with athletes and individuals and the barriers to the use of any of these practices as well. Another aim here of this study was to explore what situations coaches and sports science staff believe that affect athletes during sleep, such as a competition. And they also in this paper wanted to look at sleep knowledge, sleep practices and barriers to implementation uh, between different sort of job roles, as well as the gender of athletes and employment status and so on. So if we look at the methods of this paper, it was a convenient sample, which means, um, you know, whatever (laughs) was convenient really to get, it is difficult to get these people in these roles to participate in research, not because they don't want to, but they're extremely busy. So in this sample, it was 86 coaches and sports science support staff, which is quite a lot, actually, 35 coaches and 51 support staff volunteered to take part in this study. And with this study here the Kathleen uh, ran, sorry, it was, uh, you know, a pretty high level people, people involved with the Australian Institute of Sport, national sporting organisations and official sporting bodies. So we're talking about, you know, people who are really masters of their craft here. A total of 14 sporting bodies were contacted. And uh, 12 of those bodies participated. Now, as Kathleen rightly points out here as well, it is difficult to know because emails get forwarded around. Many people get invited into these studies. It's very difficult to know how many people are actually uh, invited and then how many people as a percentage, I suppose, participate in the study. But some of the teams that I represented here were things like uh, Australian rules football, AFL, basketball, cricket, football, I presume that's soccer. Depends, I suppose, what country you're in. Hockey, netball, rugby sevens, softball, volleyball, water polo, wheelchair basketball, and wheelchair rugby. So a good cross-section of different athletes there uh, in this study. Um, at the time of the study, coaches and sports staff, 44 were employed full-time and 42 part-time. It's quite interesting. Um, so many people doing other things. Uh, and they included, you know, coaches, assistant coaches, dietitians, head coaches, managers, physiotherapists, psychologists, sports scientists, strength and conditioning coaches. Um, and so, again, nice cross-section there and support staff. So over a three-month period, uh, participants completed an online assessment using Qualtrex around those areas, like we said, sleep, hygiene, knowledge, uh, monitoring practices, and so on. And that, consist, that consists of a number of different questionnaires, uh, such as a sleeps, sleep, sorry, I need some more sleep. The Sleep Beliefs Scale (SBS) it's actually a, a tool I haven't used before. Uh, Twenty-item scale used to assess knowledge and beliefs about sleep hygiene practices and their effect on sleep in general. It's a, quite an interesting one to check that one out after this. Um, and also, um, there was some questionnaires and information on sleep monitoring and sleep hygiene practice implemented by respondents. So, what are they using to monitor sleep? Are they using actigraphy, self-reported apps, and so on? And the four kind of area or section was looked at um, in the study was to identify the barriers to implementation of sleep monitoring and sleep hygiene practices. Okay, so what did they find? So the results of this study um, show that there was a significant difference between coach and support staff for the SBS or the sleep beliefs scale, wake cycles behavior. Overall sleep hygiene knowledgeable knowledge was adequate as was the SBS factor, sleep incompatible behaviours. However, knowledge of sleep, wake cycle behaviours and thoughts and attitudes about sleep were considered inadequate. I found this myself when I speak to sports teams or industry or, you know, um, anybody sort of outside this field of chronobiology and sleep science that don't really understand what's happening. There's a lot of misnomers out there that we can just fit into a new time zone very easily. We can adapt, become night people. You know, we can, uh, You know, basically, if you need more sleep, you're lazy. All these kind of misnomers out there that are just not true. And so it um, be interesting to know by talking to some of these guys if um, this was uh, some of the beliefs about it. Coaches monitor the sleep of athletes. Uh, they work with less than support staff. Um, it's pretty interesting. And athlete management systems and various forms of verbal methods, for example, personal daily questioning and daily rating tool were the most common other responses when measuring sleep. So very much on the subjective side here. Lack of resources, about 60% was the main barrier to sleep monitoring of athletes, followed by being too busy. So resourcing and time, adding those together, it's 83%. Lack of knowledge, 16%. Uh, And players aren't liking it, 16%. So it's very difficult here, it seems, for, you know, basically timing of tasks and resources to do a limited staff compliance interest in sleep monitoring and a low priority at the higher organisational level where frequent other barriers reported. And I think this is something we see a lot with athletes is that there's a lot of big focus on strength and conditioning and preparation, but probably little focus or less focus on the recovery and adaptation. And as we know, in this area, the number one, free recovery tool that you can use is sleep. Maybe if I start charging for it, people might get interested in it. That's a joke. Anyway, less than half of the coaches and support staff surveyed uh, promote or administer sleep hygiene strategies with athletes, so less than half. It's pretty interesting, again, lack of resources, 44% of knowledge, 41% were the major barriers to more frequent implementation of sleep hygiene strategies. Lack of player buy-in and adherence, as well as issues with staff compliance and perception of sleep being a low priority at the higher organization level where the frequent other barriers reported. So again, these are coming up and a minority did not think it was important and therefore did not implement sleep hygiene strategies, about 8% the majority of coaches and support staff believe that night competition negatively influence athlete sleep and we've seen that in our own studies around you know caffeine as well in night games um, i have a paper coming out in june in the journal of human kinetics that also suggests this as well using actigraphy and biomathematical modeling showing that night um night games significantly affect uh, sleep duration the other ones as well uh, our domestic travel and international travel, and you know people like Hugh Fuller have have demonstrated as well in, in other studies as well about the effect on sleep uh, interesting here some respondent, respondents also indicate poor travel conditions for female athletes, international travel in economy seats, um, odd domestic flight times, and extreme travel routines. I think you see there 's a lot of people getting a red eye flight after a game, probably not conducive to sleep and recovery or extreme travel routines, which we saw with the Western Force a couple of years ago in Super Rugby, basically circumnavigating the globe in the space of three weeks and playing four games. You know Something's got to give at the end of the day, so it can be extremely difficult. So it's interesting that some of these type of things are being reported here in the study, and it kind of backs up um, what we've been seeing in the field anecdotally and ties in with some other research as well that's been conducted um, in the area of sleep and performance um, with some other people. So in conclusion, um, the results from this present study indicate that team sport coaches and support staff have adequate overall sleep knowledge, yet some specific areas warrant improvement around sleep-wake behaviors, thoughts, attitudes about sleep, and uh, probably an opportunity here for implementation of sleep monitoring and sleep hygiene practices with athletes, um, also which appear to be infrequent, could probably look with some standardization. Now it's not to say you have to go out and spend thousands upon thousands of dollars on objective measuring devices, but even you know some good basic sleep hygiene education information for a couple of hours may really benefit a team. Um, and you know we see this as well in athletic teams or even in industry applications, is that a couple of hours of education information can have a dramatic improvement on people's sleep. So um, yeah, it's, it can be an easy thing to do but also can be very beneficial as well to the recipient. Okay, so that paper today, um, we will put the abstract in the show notes for that. Uh, Sleep practices implemented by team sports coaches and sports science support staff, a potential avenue to improve sleep. Not only that, we will put in a link to the Sleep Health Foundation where there is an easy to download PDF on good sleep habits that may actually help people uh, uh, spread the message on good sleep. Hope you enjoyed today's audio abstract. Thank you to Kathleen Miles for this paper and the co authors such as Peter Fowler, uh, Bradley Clark, Kate Pompa. Um, these guys all affiliate with the University of Canberra and Queensland University of Technology. So well done on that. And um, until next time, sleep well.